0: Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared, a horror movie
1: podcast.
0: If you're a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word.
1: Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared, or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com.
0: Thanks for joining us this afternoon. We're here to talk about one of my favorite movies, Dawn of the Dead, the 2004 version. Um, I love it. It's terrifying. But before we dive into that,
1: uh, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, it, so. it has. It's. It feels like it's been a long time, although I can't. I don't know if it actually has been that long of a time, but I really need to know what's new with you. No, I need to know what's new with you. No, I need to know what's new with you. I need to know what.
0: <laughs> you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, let's see. What's going on? Um, I'm just sort of teaching a lot, prepping. With, with TK, there's just so much prep work. And oh, yeah? um, I think the plan is I will hopefully move up to first grade next year. Oh. So that's another move will you have some of the same students then do you think i might loop with the same students if they choose to stay at our, our elementary yeah. school so that'd be fun because mm-hmm. they're little little cuties and um it'd be fun to to see them again Wait,
1: i always forget does tk come before or after kinder
0: it's before okay mm-hmm. so All they right. have to go to tk then kinder and then first grade yeah mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm excited about that uh I mean, it'll be kind of bittersweet because I love this age, too. But then also, um, I like a lot of critical thinking and, and yeah. deep diving into how to write a story or set the mood or,
1: yeah. or, you know, other stuff. I mean, that doesn't really happen at first grade either.
0: <laughs> you can try. And I certainly did with my second graders. Yeah. So they'd be like, um, what'd they say? One of my students in second grade wrote, I I went into the house and felt goosebumps spread on my arm. What? And I'm like, ooh, it was just future like, Stephen King I know. You know, I was like, oh, that's, that's, uh, you're setting the mood. It feels so spooky. <laughs> it was really fun. Uh, so I think that's kind of it. We've been having friends over, playing cards, just sort of like life has been hopefully returning to some sense of normalcy post COVID and having people over again finally. And it's, it's pretty nice and Just reconnecting and realizing how socially awkward I became, or have grown even more. (laughs) I was about to say, were you socially awkward before? (laughs) A hundred percent. I was very socially awkward and and quiet and and just sort of... And COVID didn't fix that, huh? No, it made it even more. I'm like feeling, you know, in the scene of um, Dumb and Dumber, where lloyd or is it harry i can't remember i think it's lloyd he walks outside and there's these people with slurpees or big gulps Mm -hmm. and he's like big gulps huh and then he says oh we'll see you later and just walks away (laughs) that's me i'm like that that is my awkwardness (laughs) in movie form (laughs) um
1: anyway that's about it not much to report yeah so what's new with you canny Um, I'm kind of in the opposite situation. Things have been really, really hectic for me lately. Um, I've got a lot of stuff going on at school, um, with weird schedules, weird holidays and trainings. And, um, we the fifth grade class at our school for a long time has done this um overnight field trip on angel island um the national park service operates the site that's uh, camp reynolds and so it was it's actually um was is a historical um civil war site and so they do what they call a living history or environmental learning program where students like go back in time and experience what it was like to be a civil war soldier um That sounds really cool. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And both of my kids went as fifth graders, but I never chaperoned. And then obviously it um, wasn't operating during COVID. And I had a feeling that it wasn't going to return at all after COVID because the old major that had been running it for so long had retired. Uh Um, And so I was like, Ali, it's probably not even coming back. Um, And so, you know, last year I had fifth grade but I you know it wasn't operating and then we got word last year that they were bringing it back this year so this coming week um we will be getting on a ferry in our sleeping in the dirt uh no we have you get to use the actual the bunkhouse oh cool the barracks um but, uh, you know, the kids all have like, you know, we buy these crew neck navy blue sweatshirts and they put like insignia on the sleeves with red electrical tape and they have their little replica uh, union caps that they have to wear, um, and you take the ferry over to the island. They have to hike and carry all of their gear, like the mile and a half from the dock to the campsite, and um, then they go through all of these like training stations where mm-hmm. they learn like Morse code, flag signaling, and drilling with the rifles. And they have to do all the cooking. They have to do the baking, and they're doing like all of this, you know, hist- And there, so there's no electricity um and then they they're di- divided into squads they've been like in these squads for months they have corporals that are heads of the squads they've been like marching around school and everything oh my god um and so the squads like they have a night watch rotation and they're so they're gonna come back and be like i've seen something <laughs> there's a darkness in my soul <laughs> um yeah, and so they, it's, it's like a whirlwind 24 hours. Because like I said, I never went with my kids as a chaperone, but because um, myself and my partner teacher were taking a group this year, and we had never been, we had to go um, do it as a teacher training and basically oh, yeah. go through and do everything that the kids were going to do so that we would know how to take them through it. That makes sense.
0: Otherwise, it's sort of like a fish out of water kind yeah, of yeah. Well, and there's, nobody,
1: there's only one person from the park service that is there at all, and that person is not there overnight. Oh, and so it's like, okay. we're running it.
0: Sure. You're, you have to be the grownups.
1: Yes. Ooh. We are actually the lieutenants. Okay. And then we will have 11 parent chaperones who are sergeants. Okay, um, mm-hmm. and then the uh, you know kids in the squads like everybody's privates except each squad has a corporal, um, and it it is it's it's really fun, but it's also like an incredibly enormous amount of planning and organizing. And because we had that shift with my class this year, mm-hmm. where I'm actually I've been teaching sixth a sixth grade class for the last six months, sure. um, the other fifth grade teacher has done like almost all of it. Um, oh, okay. she's just amazing and so um i'm well, excited it's, it's gonna be fun <laughs> but yeah it'll be nice when it's over and we don't have to worry about it anymore
0: yeah yeah it sounds like a huge undertaking yeah so um,
1: well good luck hopefully Thanks. it'll go well yeah i hear we win the war so <laughs> it all worked out <laughs> it all worked out
0: growing up in texas when we went to go do stuff like that and they're like putting on confederacy stuff and i'm just like ooh, this feels awkward but also geographically this is where we were yeah you know it's 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 history yeah history yeah you have to learn about it and and all that so yeah sounds fun though but um not the marching part well (laughs) and
1: yeah sleeping on a a wooden platform among your students with the hay no no hay oh just wooden platforms oh yeah Yeah,
0: you just sleep on wood.
1: Yep. Raised wooden platforms. The kids bring sleeping bags. They can bring mats if they want to, but um, (laughs) they have to be able to carry everything they bring themselves. And some of these, I mean, they're fifth graders. Some of them are still pretty little.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, And so, you know, we tell them, like, you have to balance, you know, prioritize the comfort um, Mm -hmm. versus what you have to carry, because also it's like they're they're excited. They're amped up. This is crazy experience. It's like, how are they going to sleep anyway?
0: No, yeah, I would imagine some, several sleepless nights at first yeah. Until exhaustion takes over
1: Yeah, <clears throat> but, um, and then also, like you said, they do, the um, they do night watch rotations And so it's like if you're squad three or squad four mm-hmm. You get woken up at 2am to go walk around the perimeter for an hour and a half So it's you like really, sleep those, is
0: not <laughs> When those uh, confederacy scoundrels
1: yeah. are going to come Those gun you runner right? ships are going to mm-hmm. try and sneak under the bridge yeah. Oh wait, the bridge wasn't know. there, never mind
0: <laughs> oh um well that sounds awesome but <laughs> let me know how it goes i will uh okay so i'm doing the recap it for the remake i kind of forget sometimes it's a remake because yeah we just kind of
1: we're like oh dawn of the dead and and people automatically might... think
0: of this one but, but i mean it has been 19 years since this came out yeah it's not a recent movie so it's been been a minute um one they owed original one come out seventy seventy eight 78 yeah okay yeah which is Romero the the
1: patron saint of, of zombies zombies <laughs> who I love so much and who is dead <sighs> we can say he has I, he has passed we you know, this isn't gonna be another John Carpenter situation
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's dead it's not even remotely true accurate sorry uh okay so I will begin uh the film opens in a hospital with a very tired-looking nurse, who uh, who's not even supposed to be there still. I'm kind of <laughs> not like, supposed a, to be here today. And <laughs> you know, I felt a little clerks yeah. for a second, uh, asking about a patient who's been admitted into the ICU from a bite. She's heading out of the hospital. Um, she, she says bye to everyone. She notices an ambulance Driver relaxing, having a lie down, is in his ambulance. And she approaches the driver to say hi, Oli, for a call to come through. And the driver mutters, let's go. It's starting early. Um, So a little bit of foreshadowing. The nurse, Anna, she drives home to her suburbia house. She chats with a neighborhood kid named Vivian, who's riding around on her her roller skates. And um, she says, "Oh, I'll, I'll meet you tomorrow, maybe we can do some laps and stuff. And she seems you know, like a friendly, friendly kid. She greets her husband, Lewis. Uh, he's hanging out, having a beer, watching television. And the two of them have a rom- romantic evening in the shower. While the two of them are in the shower, the television goes to like an emergency um, broadcasts uh-huh. and they don't, the viewer realizes something that they're missing is it. not great.
1: Yeah, I, I almost feel like that's the most unrealistic part. Of this entire film, is mm-hmm. that a nurse who just got off of like a twelve-hour hospital rotation is going to come home and be like, "Yeah, honey, let's hook up in the shower."
0: Well, it was date night. She said <laughs> it was date night. They penciled in. Did Google Calendar exist yet? They penciled it into their paper calendar. That yeah, was it was in her in their, um, her PDA. Kitchen. Yeah, her Pe- palm pilot.
1: <laughs> she put
0: they? in there a little palmy. I don't know if it's called a palmy. I made that up. Um, <laughs> yeah, and her razor phone. It was uh, scheduled. So, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't imagine being up for twelve hours and,
1: then, and well, anyway. not just being up, but like yep, yeah, doing that job for yeah, that long. If Lorena crazy. was here, Poor she Ian. could tell us how in the mood you feel after no. after that
0: not great. So the following morning Anna and Louis are asleep and Louis is awakened to notice uh, Vivian has walked into her bedroom. She looks really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Her lips
1: are gone. Her lips are gone.
0: She's in her 90. Uh, He gets up and walks over to her and he says, hey Anna Anna, call the ambulance. Uh, Only for Vivian to go feral on his ass and chunk take a chunk out of his neck. Oh it, yeah, she bites
1: right into that carotid, rips like, it out like no um, chance. It's it's
0: awful. So Anna ma- manages to push Vivian out of the room and lock the door. She's trying to call an ambulance and she keeps receiving the all message operators are busy message. Do, do, do. It's just it's <laughs> all shit. Lewis is struggling. She's trying to like put pressure on it. She she's you know Anna's trying her best. Obviously she's a ER nurse, so yeah. she Um, she knows what she's doing but she's kind of it's just suddenly a very jolting thing to wake up to I would imagine Yeah. Uh, so she stops for a moment to see if Lewis is okay and um, you know he's died and then he sits up behind her and she's like Lewis and he (laughs) is not himself he attacks her she runs into the bathroom and n- manages to grab the keys on her side table. Also not realistic. Well,
1: that's why um. I, I look at that. I was like, that's that's the moment when you know she's a survivor. That like, in that moment, she thought, she oh, she- <laughs> I need to grab these keys before I flee from my zombie husband into no the bathroom. Oh, shit. So she grabs them. She
0: falls into the bathroom very, uh, it's really falls into the bathroom with the railing from the the shower, really, the shower curtain yeah. falls on her. She slammed it shut, and there's quiet. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of like, "What the fuck?" She's covered in blood from trying to, you know, help him. She was just attacked, and you know she she doesn't. She stops for a moment. And she's like, "Louis," <laughs> <laughs> only for him to smash the door in shining like, style. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it, it's like he's like, "That's crazy," and she. She's a very tall, slim woman uh, and gets out of the window and narrowly gets bitten by him on her bare feet because she's barefooted because she was sleeping in her in her PJs. She runs to the car. She doesn't get bitten, though. No, she's not yeah, it bitten. It kind of sounded she, like you
1: are saying she got bitten. No, no, no. Uh, narrowly
0: escapes being bitten. <laughs> no, okay. That's what I meant, meant to say. So she jumps in the window pe- she to, and sees just chaos. Oh, her yeah. Her whole suburbia little, you know, ha- you know area is just... Insane, like People little are mushroom
1: t- clouds of smoke oh, coming up from houses
0: down the and, street. Yeah, and- it, it's insane, and and there's people screaming, there's people driving maniacally, there's people being eaten in the street. There's is that neighbor who's like holding he, a gun on her,
1: but then he gets mowed down by an yeah, ambulance. And, he, and, he,
0: and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, get in the car, Yada. Get, you know, or stay away from me, basically. Yeah. And you see behind him, there's like a kiddie pool and stuff, and I'm wondering if he was maybe Vivian's dad, or who mm-hmm. knows, but it, it's never really explained, but he's he's mowed down by someone driving in the street. She's like, ah! And then suddenly Louis is, is like, Hey! No, he he comes remember out. Me? Hey, here, remember me? He runs it's still date out night. screaming, um, and she jumps in the car, and he smashes through, almost smashes through the windshield, and and she just drives away in a panic, and uh, then he, Lewis, jumps off the car and pursues somebody else, or I think maybe he's thrown off the car with her driving, and yeah. he pursues someone else. She's um, there's just like unrest and and someone's stopping her, trying to stop her, saying, can you help stop? And she's just driving like, no, no thank you. (laughs) And uh, there's just utter chaos. Like I mentioned, a car driving into a gas station, it's exploding, there's and she's like, kind of Turning on the radio to hear what the fuck's going on, and mm-hmm. it's like stay in your house, and and like, you well, know that ship is emergency sailed. broadcasting. <laughs> you know it's crazy, and then suddenly there's a post office dude trying to get in her car, and he's like trying to pull her out or get it.
1: I'm not really. Yeah, sure. I feel what like he's trying, trying to carjack do. her.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so she's like ah, like st- stomps on the gas, uh, and plunges into uh
1: like a kind of ravine, little ravine kind Yeah, of like thing. she goes through the guardrail and mm-hmm. down into a uh, yeah. little gully.
0: And then um her her car drives into a tree and that's the opening part. And yeah. then suddenly it's the credits. Like it, it's amazing. It's really one of my fun most credits. Amazing one of my most favorite credits for a movie, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just uh Civil unrest. There's news anchors. There's a CDC guy being asked, like, "What is this? Is it a virus?" And he's like, mm-hmm. "I don't know." And it's all it's a lot stuck- of exposition
1: mm-hmm. taking place, like intermingled with the the actual the credits. zombies and
0: credits, and yeah. it's so good. And all with uh, Johnny Cash's uh, "When the Man Comes Around" playing, yeah. and it's insane. And there's intense viol- violent zombie footage. There's the White House uh, on the lawn with a uh, a helicopter and they're like losing control there's reporters saying oh my god they're here and then it's just mayhem and in awful awfulness so then the scene opens again with uh meanwhile um anna's just unconscious in her car she crawls out only to get a gun in her face with a police officer Uh, his name is kenneth and he's played by the amazing ving rames who i love he tells her say something And she says, she just says, please. Yeah. So he knows that she's not a zombie. Um, The two of them just start walking into a tunnel and Kenneth almost gets killed by a man shooting at him. His name is Andre. He's with his pregnant girlfriend, Luda, and another man named Michael. They're all walking in the other group. Kenneth mentions he wants to go to Fort Pastor and they warn Kenneth that he he says they are like, you don't want to go that way. And he's like, why? And and they're like, well, there's eight of us before. Yeah. And, you know, that's it's just thick with those creatures, whatever they are. Mm -hmm. And they say, we're going to go to the mall. So with little alternative, Kenneth and Anna go with them to the Crossroads Mall. They are quickly pursued by fucking fast zombies. Yeah. Fast zombies. And they manage to get to the mall and lock this huge, heavy door behind them. The mall is empty, mostly. It looks empty and relatively safe. Michael initially asks Kenneth to help make sure the mall is safe, but he does not look willing to help at all. Yeah, he's
1: not a team player in this moment.
0: He's not at all. And also, yeah, I already mentioned he's a police officer already. So Michael and Andre decide they're going to go look around and make sure everything's safe. Uh, Luda, Anna, and Kenneth stay by the fountain to Mm -hmm. sort of, like, just chilling there while the other two, you know, it's like around. when you get
1: lost in the woods, hug a tree.
0: Yeah, hug yeah. a tree. Um, Michael finds a spilled mop bucket and a mop on the ground, and then a grim scene of a custodian eating someone. After a tussle, he manages to kill both of uh, he. He manages to kill one of the zombies, the the custodian. Um, and then Andre doesn't find much on his expect- in his inspection, he sees like a zombie like slam against the window. It's definitely supposed to be a jump scare, but not much happens after that. Yeah. During the tussle, Kenneth, Luna and Anna get distracted. They, they hear him like with a, you know, a zombie attack happening. and a zombie security guard comes and attacks them. Can- Kenneth and the zombie struggle, and uh, Anna shoots the zombie. Then they all decide to re-con- like re-congregate, I guess. <laughs> Reconvene. <laughs> Reconvene. And uh, run into the elevator, and they're met with um, security guards with guns. When they, this, yeah, when they get to another floor. Yeah, they get up to the second floor, I think. Uh, the security guard's CJ is the main guard, and he tells them they have to leave. Yeah, he's a real dick. Yeah, he's he's not great. Terry, he was on House of Cards. I actually I really him. like that actor. Yes, I love him. Uh, so Terry and other security guards, he's on the younger side. He tells CJ, he says, but hey, man, he's a cop. And and CG is like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. They can go. And Anna asks them he... You know, she's like, "Can we just stay for a little while? We're not going to cause any trouble." trouble." And they he relents. Then they uh, all of them go into this area. I think it might be a TV store, or maybe where they have their security stuff. I'm not really sure. And they watch utter chaos on the television. In um, they watch in horror. Luda asks to use the bathroom, and. that's when it's revealed that she was nicked by a zombie on her arm. I think the um, the security guard zombie yeah. nicked her in the arm because he initially came to get her and she just stayed in there screaming because she's a pregnant woman like, ah! Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm useless. Ah! Uh, so then, um, as they're watching the the footage of just people saying like, civil unrest is happening, you know, a- and there's a cameo by my favorite person ever. In the horror... Do you know? Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Tom Savini. Yeah. He is the sheriff. Oh, right, right, right. Who is there. He's protecting his community. He's taking charge. Um and he's just saying we just have to dispatch to these guys and it's really sad these were these were our friends and our family and you know we're just doing what has to be done as he puts on his his shades in a really awesome, <laughs> dramatic a way very <laughs> awesome awesome way then there's news reports of Fort Pastor they're saying you know come here and they're showing footage of of survivors but they are injured and they look fucked up yeah so um, as someone who loves the zombie genre you're thinking this is not going to be good right. probably uh, so, yeah. So then Kenneth sort of says offhanded, "My brother's there. I have to go there." Yeah. And I and we'll, we'll we're gonna be with each other. So, Anna goes to get a medical kit because she wants to suture Kenneth's arm. He got it cut pretty badly by when he was fighting the zombie. The a piece of the fountain dug into it and, and ripped it pretty badly. So, she um, is doing that and just trying to like recollect. Like collect herself because yeah. it's been insane mm-hmm. <laughs> and she kind of cries a little bit then Michael talks to CJ and then the two of them come up with a plan basically but CJ's like he's like Mike, Michael's like what's the plan and he's like why don't you shut the fuck up that's yeah. the plan But then, and then, he then real- Michael just
1: manipulates the shit <laughs> oh out of him
0: <laughs> he's like no doubt no doubt no doubt but you know maybe we should do I something I mean you're a smart
1: guy I'm sure you've already thought about you know like putting a message on the roof or something yeah. you know <laughs> and then CJ's like
0: okay I came up with this plan to put a
1: message on Everybody the roof. get to work with my yeah. plan. Yeah.
0: So he tells the new survivors, you need to clean up the metropolis area. That's where they call like, the food court area. Mm-hmm. And um, get, you know, lock down the mall, make sure that it's secure, and then paint on the roof that's saying there's people alive inside. While on the roof, they notice a ton of zombies. They're just kind of walking to the mall, mm-hmm. like, you know, gravitating towards it. Then they also notice a guy in a roof um, on a gun store uh, with a whiteboard saying, you know, hi, my name's Andy, you know, uh, who's another yeah. survivor. Uh, Andy, and he's alone. Yeah, he's all alone. He points on a helicopter that's just continuing to fly above them and then away from them. And they're just sort of hopeless. So then the new survivors are locked into the a pottery barn type of place for the night to sleep. And... Because
1: um, CJ's still, like, being all like dickish about them being there and like oh he says he doesn't want them like going around and stealing stuff or whatever because he's a mall security guard and he's supposed to like keep it safe or whatever so he's and then when he agreed to let them stay he made them turn over their weapons and so now like they had guns now they don't have any weapons anymore he's got all of that and so he's kind of in this power position yeah
0: he's definitely enjoying it too and they're just like dude this doesn't matter nothing matters anymore i don't know what you're Go steal stuff this is all ours anyway now basically yeah. but
1: well and it's funny like when you think of in um crisis situations like like that you know obviously something like this could never happen in in real life but you see people like you you try to control the things that you can because there's this thing is happening that's out of your control and so then you see that with um, Anna when she's like okay this guy's cut I gotta stitch him up I gotta find this like for her it's like I'm gonna provide medical care like this is a wound I know how to dress a wound I know what to do here like mm-hmm. this is something that I can control to try and, you know, deal with the situation that's exploding around you and it's like CJ is going in the other direction of like well I can just like act like the big tough security guard and be like shit to everybody because that's something that's within my control like I can exert control over this which is going to make me cope with the fact that I can't control everything else that's going on
0: yeah and you know shrinkage which is you know theft
1: (laughs) it's a very important problem it's a pervasive problem (laughs) that he needs to deal with yeah especially a pottery barn I mean (laughs) oh my god
0: yeah so so yeah. He, anyway, he he's just uh, an interesting uh, fellow, and he locks him in then. And Michael's like, they're all kind of getting in bed and trying to get some rest. And he's like, we need to do something about these these guys because they're gonna get us killed. Yeah. And then Andre's like, who the fuck are you telling me us what to do? What'd you do before this? Special ops? You know? What <laughs> right. Was, yeah. What what were you do? Navy Seal? <laughs> and then he's like, no, I I sold. Uh, televisions at Best Buy, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Andre is like, Oh my gosh, so how do you? And he kind of addresses everybody else, How do you feel taking orders from a guy who sells t- TVs? Mm-hmm. And being Graham's a police officer, he's like, I bought as much as I like taking orders for someone who steals them. Yeah. And he, he looks at uh, Andre very pointedly, like, mm-hmm. I know
1: kind of your. A thief or whatever, but I don't.
0: It's not like explicitly said that he is. Yeah, so you're hoping. I'm kind
1: of hoping that there. That's like an indicator that they've maybe crossed paths at some point in the past, and not just that. Ving Rhames is assuming that Andre is a criminal just because of the way he's acting, or the way. Hopefully, not the. I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. So, and it's never.
0: Explained. It's just. Yeah, did we mention that Andrea is Mackay (laughs) Pfeiffer? Mackay Pfeiffer, who I love too. There's so many big names in this movie. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, and then Anna is Sarah Polly, who I love her. I love her too. So, uh, Let's see. So the following morning, the timer wakes up the security guards and turns on the mall music. And uh, Terry's told to go uh, turn them off. Anna catches him and says, you know, the the bathroom in here is not real. We need to use the bathroom. And he's like, I'll go tell CJ. And she's like, yeah, but I'm telling you. So you need to. Yeah. Just let us out so we can go go and use an actual toilet. So he lets him out. And then they start, you know, the survivors. um, And I'm referring to the other group as the survivors you know apart from the security guards right so they start you know washing up andre and kenneth andre Andre and kenneth (laughs) have a moment in the bathroom and andre makes it clear he doesn't feel like he deserves to be there but he wants to make sure that his baby is safe and his family and so he can give um his baby and protect his baby every and you know give his baby everything that he never got right and um it was a little bit of a come to jesus moment i think it sort of I think it's meant to explain his his, um, character development later in the movie as well.
1: Oh, yeah. The the choices that he makes later on. Because, yeah, he's definitely, definitely, like, you know, why finding the purpose Mm -hmm. and the reason for his survival when so many other people didn't. That, like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, my purpose is this baby. Then that's why I'm still alive.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So then suddenly, and Terry is kind of being a creep watching Anna cry and and dress on these security tapes. Yeah, it was a little. And uh, then he notices a truck approaching the mall. And, uh, you know, the rest of the survivors run up to this, the roof and CJ is like, what the fuck are these people doing out? You know, and they're like, whatever, you know, we what's the plan? We have to help them. And CJ like, fuck I'm them. not helping them. <laughs> fuck them. I'm not helping them. We're how do we know they're not all fucked up like the rest of them? And, and Anna's like, well, they're driving and they're shooting guns. Yeah. So they're
1: probably. <laughs> yeah. And he's
0: like, yeah, but you don't know who's sick in there basically. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, he has a point. Yeah. And he turns out to be, spoiler <laughs> alert, exactly right. Right. And <laughs> so they, um, kind of turn the, do the, the turntables up turned. No, um, <laughs> oh, they, how the they, they have the turned. turntables. So they changed the, yeah, the narrative. They, they get the guns from the security guards and they're like, you're going to go into the holding cell, not yeah. us. So then they, um, and then ter- and CJ's like, you're a traitor, Terry. You know, we help you get this job. And Terry's like, whatever, man. So they go and help. You know, he's like, I'm not going to let people die because yeah. you're
1: an asshole. Yeah. So CJ and mm-hmm. the one other shit security guard his are now locked up. Bart. What's his name? Bart. Bart. Oh, stupid, of course. Stupid
0: Bart. OK, so they put him in a holding cell. The new survivors. Um, so the rest of them, they help, you know, the truck, you know, backs up and uh, up to the the mall and they managed to try to get inside. Michael and Andre are inside. They're trying to help the survivors get inside. They run outside and they're like, ah, right yeah. back inside Classical really quickly. Miscommunication. <laughs> yeah, and and um, so the new survivors come inside with one very very infected older lady in a wheelbarrow. In a wheelbarrow. Oh, okay. And Norma, she's a truck driver. There's Tucker. There's Steve, played by Ty Burrell.
1: Being a, such a perfect, like, douchebag. Oh, my
0: gosh. He's the worst. But he's America's dad now. and right? For Modern Family. Yeah. so it's, uh, it's really funny. And then others. There's, like, um, an organist from the church. There's, like, a ditzy blonde girl. There's just, like, an array of people. Yeah. They tell uh, Kenneth that Fort Pastor is a bloodbath. And um, Kenneth is basically like, fuck, he's like, I have to go to Fort Patterson, I don't believe you. Know, you. Give I gotta me your, find Give him. me your truck. Yeah. And Norma's like, you can take it, officer. I'm not using it. And then Ty Burrell, Steve, he's like, it's a bloodbath. You don't want to go. And then um, he's like, what do you mean? Everyone's dead. He's like, well, dead-ish. Like, they got down on the ground, and then they stood up and just started walking around again. Ha, <laughs> ha, ha. Like, I hate him, but also he's funny. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Kenneth is super upset. He goes to the roof and he communicates with Andy, he says, with a whiteboard he has also and he's he says fort pastor is gone and no help is coming and then andy puts on the whiteboard so what's the bad news and yeah. it kind of gets him kind of smirking a little bit like
1: okay yeah. so they start like kind of forming a bond and you think that like you know the the kenneth's whole point was to get to his brother so obviously he had like a close relationship there and his so, like, reason for survival was his brother right and, and now that like out. that's lost to him he kind of like supplements with with this relationship that he starts to build with Andy, yeah, from a his, distance.
0: his connection with Andy. Meanwhile, Anna is helping with injuries. She's working triage, jumping to to, to e r nurse. Yep. you know who she is. Uh, her purpose. So she has them kind of triaged. Uh, she says she's inspecting or like uh, examining, not expecting, examining <laughs> the very, she looks very bloated, very infected
1: woman. Yeah, she's got um, like that, like the veininess in yeah, her face. she looks
0: so bad. Yeah. And she's like, I've never seen someone with such a massive infection who's just so cold to
1: the yeah, touch Yeah, doesn't have a fever. This yeah. This is so
0: strange. And then Anna's, um, called over to someone else she's checking another man's hand bite uh frank and terry calls for anna to come back because um this woman has stopped breathing Anna covers her with a the pottery barn blanket <laughs> and a nice um, chenille throw yeah a nice chenille <laughs> throw and um she's like what was her name no one knows and then this woman reanimates quickly and is Fast and chases down Anna. Anna uh, managed to plunge a fire poker right through her eyeball, uh, which is pretty cool. (laughs) Anna, you know, realizes what causes this infections or the, you know, reanimating and spreading. And she tells Michael, I think it's the bites that cause this zombie virus to spread and why it's spreading so quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael then says, "Well, we have to go kill Frank because he was, he was bitten. Bitten. But Frank is still alive, like a person, still. Yeah, and not
1: really <laughs> seeming very sick yet. Not yet, no. And um, he was in the stand.
0: Frank? Oh, yeah, he's, he was he's trash in, can man. He's Max Hedron. He's a lot of stuff. He, yeah. he was like huge in the '80s. Very recognizable face, oh for sure. So, so then Anna is upset because she thinks it's like a premature, pre-mature decision. She's like, "I'm not actually sure." But then, but Michael's yeah, you are. Mm -hmm. You are, sure. But also, can you just, like, assassinate people, you know, who are alive
1: still, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Well, that's what, like, at that point, you would think that there were maybe other options available to them other than, like... Just killing him outright. It's like they have holding cells. Right. Like if you think that he's going to become a danger if you don't kill him, just lock him up and wait and see. And then if he becomes a zombie in the holding cell, you can kill him then.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, Anna is not, a, doesn't want to be a part of it. It's no. like an extermination. Like, well, because she's a healer, know. not a killer. <laughs> exactly. So, and Frank's with his daughter, Nicole. She's like, Anna's like, um, Michael's coming to shoot you yeah. because you're going to turn to the zombie. And it's in, it's from the bites, and Frank is like, "Are you sure?" And, and Nicole's like a teenage girl. She's like, "No, go away!" Don't kill and he's my like, dad! Don't kill my dad! And he's like, "She's lost everyone—her mom and her two brothers. I'm, I'm all, all she, she, has. she has, and um, it's pretty sad." And so then I think Michael's like persuaded to st- not to not do that. Meanwhile, Luda is in the baby store, looking
1: a little pale and sweaty. Um. (laughs) Well, I mean, you you know, she's pretty pregnant. I mean, she looks, I don't know, like, she doesn't look, like, end days pregnant to me. Like, she looks Um, maybe six or seven months along, but, like. Yeah, I would say,
0: I would say they were there. Like, how long do you think they were were there total? Like, a few months,
1: right? Really months? Don't you think? I would, I I mean, I might have said, like, several weeks. Maybe. But, uh, you know, they don't say. So, who knows? They never say. You sort of have to, like, kind of figure it out, or mm-hmm. just make your own assumptions. Oh, yeah, because what I was going to say is that any pregnant Mm-mm. woman is entitled to look tired and sweaty. Tired and sweaty. <laughs> um,
0: Andre looks pretty concerned. Like, But, but I, I was a little bit confused, because was Andre there for the conversation that About Bites Kyle bite? ca- caused this? He wasn't he there, entirely? but
1: he might have like gotten the information after the fact. Because okay. yeah. so, he looks like upset. Yeah, he, knows what, he suspects <clears throat> what's yeah. going on.
0: So... He, she's like, we can't have baby here. We have to go to the hospital. And he's like, no, no. You know, people have been having babies. You know, we'll we'll manage. We don't need to do that. It'll be fine. Um, and he reassures her. Uh, Frank and his daughter Nicole are saying their goodbyes. It's I, I'm assuming it's several hours later because he's looking pretty rough. Yeah. All of a sudden,
1: his like skin tone has changed. Oh, yeah, he looks he, like he's really like haggard and gray.
0: Yeah. He looks very very bad. And there, and he's like, you have to go. And I think he realizes the end is coming. So. um you know, then Kenneth closes the gate behind him and he takes watch so he can put Frank down when he he turns, which mm. I think in the I think it's a lot better
1: idea than yeah. just. Well, it's like what they do <laughs> in um, Resident Evil. Yeah. They, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we'll just we'll just keep a gun on you and watch you die. Yep. And then if you come back, we're ready to shoot you. <laughs> exactly.
0: So Michael goes to talk to Anna. She's sitting there very upset in the book section of the Pottery Barn, I guess. And or maybe
1: it's a Barnes and Noble.
0: Noble. (laughs) He's like, Anna. And she she just looks at him and says, I'm glad you didn't do it. You know, um, you know, basically killing suspected infected. Yeah. And um, so then time goes on. So the the survivors keep themselves occupied. There are thousands and thousands of zombies that congregate outside of the mall. Mm -hmm. Andy is shooting celebrity lookalikes, which was, I think, (laughs) was pretty funny. But also,
1: (coughs) even before at that point in the movie, you're like, should you be wasting ammunition for Andy? Well, he has like, well, no, that's right. Andy's the one shooting. They were just giving him the names on their side. Yeah, okay.
0: Andy has like. I don't know how many, like, it would take him probably years and years yeah. to go through, through all that. I forgot it was Andy that was <laughs> yeah. the one that was doing the shooting. So then Anna asks Andre about Luda later, and uh, he's like, like... come take a look at her. I can come take a look at her and check on her. He's like, no, no, we're fine. We're fine. And he kind of dismisses her, like, we don't need your help. And, and it seems like they've been separated for a while. Like, he and Luda yeah, have he's been, been, like, isolated. isolating Luda from, from the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the survivors are eating dinner by candlelight. They're talking about jobs. Michael talks about all the jobs he's had and um, how he's kind of failed, like in his um, employment <laughs> yeah. statuses as well. Um, yeah, and he said the job he was the worst at was being, a, um, you know, being a husband. And the job he was the best at was being a dad. It's kind of like a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, and nobody asks.
1: Nobody's where are your like, "Where children? Where you have kids? Where are they?" No, or them? Yeah, yeah, probably not
0: good. Let's not bring um, that up. <laughs> yeah, and then suddenly the generators turn off, and Michael takes out the security guards to help fix the generators or figure out like where to turn stuff back on. Meanwhile, Luda is in labor and looking really, really horrible. Yeah, she looks just like the big old bloated lady earlier. Oh yeah, and. Almost a zombie. She's all tied up mm-hmm. with her arms in binds and her legs in yeah. binds. And Andre's saying, hey, the baby's coming. Yeah. And he just seems very serene. and. But he obviously knows
1: what's going on and what's going to happen because he tied her up.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. So Michael, Kenneth, CJ, and Bart go into the parking lot to look for uh, the the generator, or maybe is it the generators? I couldn't figure it out if it was just something to turn the power back on, essentially. Yeah. It's really dark, and then they spot um, some smeared b- blood on the wall in the parking garage. There's something running around, and it t- turns out it's a dog. The survivors all seem relieved, and then a legless zombie kind of monkey swings, swings <laughs> yeah. from the ceiling and takes a huge chunk out of Bart. Then more zombies run out from somewhere, and they're quickly being pursued. Bart doesn't make it, and they are um, the survivors are able to set the zombies ablaze with um, a bunch of gas, gasoline. There's mm-hmm. like a spot a that has um, for like a pump, mm-hmm. and they just sort of watch this, these zombies like melt in front of them. Meanwhile, in the nursery, Luda is taking her last breaths. And Andre seems to be pretty devastated. He's yeah. like, breathe, breathe. And she's just not, you know, she's not going to survive. And then he notices that there is movement in Luda's belly. It starts moving pretty unnaturally.
1: Yeah, it's kind of gross looking. <laughs> yeah,
0: so suddenly Luda is reanimated and starts biting at Andre. He grabs a belt and comes at her mouth. Luda's restrained and giving birth. Norma offers to bring supplies to Luda and Andre instead of Anna. And she enters the nursery, seeing a devastating scene. Luda, who's clearly a zombie, Andre holding a baby, saying aloud, It's a girl! Well, <laughs> then I have to take a sip of water.
1: He's, like, totally delusional about, like, Oh, look, it's the happy event that we've been waiting for all of this time. Yeah. It's, it's bad, so... Well, she's, like, tied to the bed and snarling and snapping. And Norma's and... like, Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Um, let's see.
0: So, Norma has her gun on Luda, we all know why, because she looks horrible, and she's a, a zombie. And he's, like, asking her, what? Oh, like, you Are you going to kill my family? Are you going to kill Luna? Are you going to kill my family? And then Norma's basically say, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, so she shoots Luna, and then there's a shootout. And then the rest of the survivors run into the nursery and find Norma dying. She's like, that son of a bitch shot me. And she quickly <laughs> dies, and, but doesn't reanimate because she was only shot. Anna um, assesses the scene, sees this insane scene, and I watched the extended, uncut version, yeah, me too. which was um, you see the zombie baby, oh,
1: and then so cool,
0: and then she shoots the zombie baby dead. Yeah, they at this point they have the bodies all kind of laid out in their you know their dinner party's done, right? They, <laughs> Nobody's hungry anymore. Nobody's hungry anymore. These bodies are laid out. Their sheets put on them. And the survivors are like, we need to get out of here. I'm not here to just die, basically. No one's coming to help Mm -hmm. us.
1: Wait, was it Kenneth says that thing about, like, um, that thought that death was, like, the worst thing, but there's something worse, is waiting to die.
0: Yeah, there's something worse, and that's waiting here. Yeah. So who's with me? You know, like, we can get out of here. Gotta do something. We gotta do something. So they decide to, they put together a plan. Uh, They're like, we need to use the mall, we can use the mall, transportation buses oh, yeah the parking shuttle <laughs> yeah get them all um you know refurbish them make them ready for zombie like Mad Max tragedy. style yes yeah and then Steve was like yeah we can just go on my boat for pleasure cruise you jackasses mm-hmm. and they're like that actually
1: they're you know, like you have a boat
0: that like, sounds like a good idea okay. <laughs> there's islands out there maybe it's a better chance yeah. of survivors and then at that point, CJ's like, wait a second. So you want to get a bus, you want to reinforce it and drive through a few million. million cannibals and go on a boat, on this asshole's boat? and then, To an island that maybe doesn't exist? And then they're like, yeah. And he's like, I'm in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, I think that was the point where I was like, oh, I like CJ. Yeah, CJ, yeah,
1: you do not expect, you think he's going to be a dick the whole time and then he comes around to be like, "Oh, CJ.
0: Yeah, he, he kind of is a little bit of a character He gets
1: redeemed. (laughs) He
0: does. (laughs) So then Kenneth holds a a sign for Andy. There's a montage of uh, hold on, let me go back. There's a cut to a montage of them reinforcing the buses. Yeah. Uh, Kenneth holds a sign for Andy saying five more days and Andy is shirtless, looking emaciated and he just holds up a sign that says hungry, hungry. So then they decide, they realize that this dog doesn't get any attention from the zombies at all. Uh, his name is Chips mm-hmm. and they put a walkie talkie on him and uh, food and they they have Andy
1: blow a whistle. Too. Nicole is also like super attached oh, to this dog. Like, yeah. She's like she I lost her my dad. Family. She's got nothing like she her, has dad, her mom and her brothers and now she's dog. bonded with Chips.
0: So um, Nicole, you know, is super upset. They're like that. He'll be these, fine. He'll be fine. Yeah. They're not interested in him. You know, so he runs over to Andy. Andy is, he opens the little sliding hatch door thing, yeah. and
1: but the zombies get in. Uh, that's why I i was so mad at Andy for that moment. Like, it was a tiny little door. He has all the weapons in the world. How did he, because Chips runs in, and then the door stays open for like five or ten seconds before a zombie yeah. arm gets in. It's like, how did Andy not close the door immediately after the dog was through. And then also, why didn't he have gun in hand to shoot any zombies that were close to the door when he had to open it? I'm like, that's bully on him. I think maybe Paul... I think they try to say it's due to him not
0: eating Being for, weak. for not eating yeah. for like days and days and days and days. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Plot point. I don't know. That's what happens. So zombies get in. He get he, he gets on the, on the horn or the walkie and he yeah. was like... Like, are you okay? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I think I'll be fine. But man, Man, they bite hard. They bite hard, and you're like, Oh, he's fucked. Yeah. But they don't tell him that Mm -hmm. you're, you know, and then Nicole is gone, and she's. That bozo who had driven the bus over or the truck or whatever <laughs> to get the and, dog to get chips. back. <laughs> she manages to evade all the zombies. She runs into his gun store and she's like, "Oh, there's all this blood, chips, chips." And then suddenly she's like, "Oh my god," because he's a zombie, right? And then um, oh yeah, because they see him up closet. on the
1: roof before oh. she sees him, and yes. it's like they see him from the back, and he's like, rrr, 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 and then he like yeah. stands up and turns around, and you're like, "Oh shit, that happened yeah, fast." Yeah, he's all
0: messed up. Okay. She's in the closet. She's like, "Help me!" And you're like, oh, "You idiot! Oh. Why are you such a dumbass? <laughs> Why are you so dumb?" Stupid Nicole. Okay, so yeah, so they they decide they have to go help her. Anna's like, "We have to help her." I'm like,
1: "Anna, yeah, didn't it. you learn your lesson from trying to help Andy?"
0: <laughs> yeah. The thing I never understood. No, I'll I'll keep going. But <laughs> you okay. don't, you don't digress. <laughs> I, I'm trying not to digress, but it always bothered me too was why they okay you'd imagine they're at a mall right so yeah. they don't have something that they could have a slingshot
1: like a drone or something that's what i thought there's yeah something. i'm like in 2004 were drones a thing yet cuz now well, like there, any mall you really be a able there's you know there's yeah, something, something where you can be like okay here's some chicken nuggets
0: here yeah. you go <laughs> or
1: just like yeah throw a rope across something you know and then like do a pulley system but then you wonder if 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 it was blocks away I have no idea. It's hard to tell because they do use binoculars mm-hmm. to see him, so maybe it's it's hard to tell how, how far, far it Anyway, anyway. Was. So that's why I was like, "What? They I'm
0: automatically?" They're like, "No, no, let's send chips." Yeah. Okay. So I didn't write the movie. Okay, I'll. I'll
1: <laughs> you didn't? <laughs> I didn't write
0: it. I had no idea. So, yeah, they have to go find him and and or er, Nicole and rescue her and Chips. So. Michael, Terry, C.J., and Tucker go to the sewer to rescue Nicole. They leave Steve to stand guard at the door and open the door for them when they
1: get back from yeah. The, from why the they decided sewers. was Steve the only option for that job? Because was is there a less trustworthy person in the mall than Steve? Yeah, like
0: why not Anna? What the fuck? Okay, anyway, she was busy suturing
1: people. <laughs> Take <laughs> a break from the suturing, Anna, and <laughs> she's busy the door. suturing
0: people. So they merge right outside of uh, Andy's gun store out of the sewer and um, they fend off a huge horde of zombies. Yes. It's insane. They enter the store unscathed. There's ample ammunition and guns in the shop. They find a zombie fight, Anna, and Andy, excuse me, not Anna, and kill him and rescue Nicole. And And chips. (laughs) And chips. They blow up a large um propane gas tank and are able to re-enter the sewer tucker is bitten unfortunately and falls into the sewer and then there's like a horde chasing them through yeah. the uh, sewers uh the zombies are pursuing them they're trying to get into the door there's no handle on the other side they're just like banging, banging yeah why banging, banging. why why and would that
1: exist I don't know. So outside of a prison, why would there ever be a door that didn't have a handle on one side?
0: I I don't know to let to to keep the rats out I mean, in case yeah. they used their opposable thumbs, the raccoons maybe. I, I did
1: like the moment though when they um when CJ was pulling him. What was what's Terry? His name? Yeah, no, no, like no, no. Tucker. Tucker, like pulling yeah. him backwards through the sewer while Terry has the gu- or Tucker has the guns and yeah, he's and like he's firing like, at the. Bam, I'm bam, like this bam. is. Ridiculous and, but, but
0: yeah they're, And Tucker's like Help And CJ's like I got you Like suddenly he's someone Who's he's like He's like a hero he's now He's a hero gonna rescue everybody He's just a little fady cat At first I guess So Yeah um, So then You know Anna opens the door And they're like What the fuck I'm gonna get that Steve Whatever the fuck his name is like, I hate him <laughs> Piece of shit um, Then And now there's Officially are zombies In the mall Yeah So they're running The mall is compromised The mall is compromised <laughs> They run and, and get to the Um they're uh, <laughs> leading a massive horde of zombies. They go into the elevator. There's like elevator music. CG's like, I like this song, oh, yeah, and everyone's like, like, Shut up! It um, yeah, I'm all out of love. I know. I'm so, <laughs> about you. so then they get, um, they get to the the buses. They get inside. See, they're driving out, and there's just mayhem. Like. Hundreds and thousands. I mean, insane. Yeah.
1: Like, they could barely even even move, like, half a mile an hour Mm -hmm. because there's just... Nothing. There's just zombies. Thick, thick, thick with zombies. So, CJ goes out of the roof.
0: He takes a propane tank. He throws it at a zombie. This massive zombie holds it up and he shoots shoots them and blows them up and they all fall over. And finally, the buses are able to leave. Uh, The zombies, yeah, they've cleared a path so they can just, you know, mosey on over they're driving pretty quickly they're trying to take turns and, and clear Left here right yeah, here quick clear the um the the path to their destination unfortunately the bat the bus that kenneth is driving crashes after
1: a chainsaw accident inside oh my god um, that was crazy because yeah. like they take this lurching turn and the chainsaw goes through the ditzy blonde yeah like and, down the and, across her shoulder. That,
0: and then they both die and yeah it's pretty awful uh, K- Kenneth is on the ground and Steve is on the ground of the bus that's kind of skidded onto the side of, yeah. of itself and Steve or Kenneth like holds his hands up to get help you know pulled up and Steve just like looks at him and, and leaves like a bitch
1: yeah
0: and um, he gets no out there. and then yeah and then he's instantly like attacked mm-hmm. <laughs> and turned uh, the survivors are on their way out um, and trying to leave and help Kenneth and they're like there's no one left in the other bus um then quickly Anna sees Steve. She's like Steve, and he's a zombie. And she's like, "Oh, I got this!" And she kills him. And mm-hmm. but then they she's they're like, run- "I've been waiting. To I've been do waiting this. for this." And then they're trying to run away. But then she's like, "Oh shit!" And she doubles back. Mm-hmm. And they're being pursued by like an insane massive. So You're like, "What is she doing?"
1: She's getting the keys. She's because that's what she boat. does. That's yeah. Anna's mo. She's the key girl. Yeah, I've got these keys. <laughs> she everyone, never forgets does her keys. <laughs> <these> keys? <laughs> I've got um, these keys. I've got these
0: keys. I know. So they make it to the dock. CJ blows himself up to make sure that the rest of the survivors yeah, can make to the boat. Yeah, he sacrifices himself. Yeah. And at this point, Michael tells Anna um, that he can't get onto the boat because he was bitten. And you're like, no! I know. Yeah. Anna's upset. She tells Michael, she's like... I can help you. you know, like it, mm-hmm. on, um, I can help you. I can help you. And, and he says, no, you can help them. You can help them on, you know, yeah. all of the rest of the... You know, it's only... Terry and Nicole and Kenneth yeah. that are left. And, um,
1: <laughs> so your cop and then the two teenagers.
0: Yes, <laughs> I know. So they're sailing off into the sunrise and Michael gives her a hug and he says, I just, I think I'll just watch the sunrise.
1: Yeah. And it's really He's sad. like so serene. Yeah. Like he's absolutely like, I don't know how he makes his peace with it. Yeah. But yeah.
0: It's awful. So then there's the end credits.
1: But, well, but he, you he also he blows his head off.
0: Yeah. I mean, he puts the, um, the gun under his chin and you hear the gunshot and yeah. you see Anna just watching him just, you know, sort of devastated. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't show him, you know, ending his taking his own life. But then there's the end credits, which includes footage of Steve banging women. And then intermittently, there's, like, random footage of um, Kenneth and the other survivors. Yeah, you like, know, they on found his,
1: his video recorder from the boat that he had used to record his... All the bimbos. Yeah. And then, so then, they start using it to document some of their voyage. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, then, they, it shows them running low on water, fuel, dealing with the engine, catching fire. Um, maggots. Maggots <laughs> on their food. You know, it's just awful. And then, they reach an island... Oh the head in the cooler. Oh the head in the cooler. They like yeah, come across
1: a little dinghy that has an ice chest on it and they open the ice chest it's got a living zombie head in it and they're like ah. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: that. Yeah, that was gross and kind of fun. Um, so then they get it shows them reaching the island. Um, there's you know they're like we don't hear anything. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then suddenly chips, chips is like rub, 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 run off and then there's a horde of zombies yeah. that just you come know gets them. them. And then you just see violent Zombie footage right in their face, um, right up close and personal to the, on camera. the camera. So you would assume they didn't make it. Yeah. So it wraps up with a little bit of found footage. I know. That's <laughs> fun.
1: And then it ends with uh, Down with the Sickness. Yes. Very <laughs> quickly. Um, oh, I, I loved the, because there was like that Michael Buble version of Down with the Sickness that they used no, his during. His name is something. Yeah, I know. It wasn't actually him, but like that's what yeah. it sounded like to me. But he um, has a weird name, something cheese. I yeah, think, yes. yeah. Because I, I I looked it up because I was like, is that Michael Bublé? And I was like, I've never heard <laughs> of like, this oh, guy. Uh, 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 I'm down You're down with, with the sickness, sickness.
0: <laughs> which I'm like, oh, this is delightful.
1: <laughs> it really was because it was a, it was over the montage of the things that they were doing in the mall when they to were just like, busy yeah, keeping, yeah, keeping,
0: yeah, having a good time, having,
1: having a grand old time. <laughs>
0: Uh, so that's Dawn of the Dead. I know mm. it's kind of long, but I love this movie so much and I didn't want to miss anything. But.
1: <laughs> so did you think it was scary, Katie? Um, I don't think so. I don't find zombie stuff scary. Um, I don't know. I don't know if anybody really does. Um, it's like, it's entertaining and it belongs in the horror genre, obviously, um, for being supernatural, um, and paranormal sometimes, but, um, no, I don't think zombie stuff is scary. Uh, I just think, um, I think it's, it's really cool. It's really entertaining. Like this particular example, because like, um, as, as far as zombie stuff goes, I'm the only, uh, movies that I actually really, really love are the resident evil movies. Mm -hmm. But, um, like I know you're (gasps) so so super into walking dead and I've, you know, never watched it. Um, it's kind of, I don't know if it's kind of like, Ranking for me, like, slightly above vampires, but it's not... It doesn't have a particular draw for me, mm-hmm. but this movie I really love and really enjoy, and I think it's because of some of the other elements of it unrelated to the the zombie aspect mm-hmm. that makes me really like it, and one of it is, like... <clears throat> I was actually kind of relating it a little bit to another movie that we did recently um, when we were talking about the menu mm-hmm. and we were talking about that restaurant setting um, like it being a cool way for you to just assemble this cast of different characters that are different ages and genders and backgrounds and professions and everything. And they're all mashed together. Um, and they're all mashed together. And so and they're all in the same situation. And mm-hmm. so you see um, how different people with different personalities respond to same same stimuli basically Mm -hmm. um and they
0: rise to the occasion or fall short
1: yeah yeah do do they you know do they get become better do they become worse are they a cj are they a steve are they an anna like how do they respond um and uh also like this i like the the post-apocalyptic um kind of element that is in most zombie movies but it's also in some other horror scenarios as well when it's like what used to be meaningful to us becomes meaningless and so that thing like walking around a mall and just helping yourself to everything like Mm -hmm. all of these things that used to be like life and death and you're like oh yeah no none of that matters anymore
0: right yeah
1: um so that's another um element that I think is is part of what makes this really um, entertaining to me and then seeing how being um, in these horrifying experiences like whether you're this group in the mall or you're the diners in in the restaurant in the menu like how it galvanizes the relationships between people Mm -hmm. and causes their characters to to develop or to change Mm -hmm. Um, because you always you know end up not always but like here you know there's you can see like the one guy And the one girl, and you know, in this case, it's Michael and Anna, where they're like the two best ones they're the two good ones most reasonable most caring most you know whatever mm-hmm. and of course they fall in love <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, um so but then you see like the relationship between Kenneth and Andy um and how you know I feel like that evolved out of like Kenneth coping with the realization that his brother was gone and so now here's mm-hmm. this other man that he has this connection with um and so all of that, like the, this kind of movie allows you to do all of that
0: with mm-hmm. the character
1: development, um which I think is what makes it interesting and entertaining,
0: yeah. I think that's definitely true. And it reminds me a little bit of maybe some Stephen King books that have like a smatter like a huge cast oh, yeah cast of, of characters. Yeah. yeah, and you see yeah how but, like they under change. the dome, mm-hmm. you see it in the stand. like, yeah, what they do in these situations, mm-hmm. which is Really in- interesting. Yeah, it's like a study fun. in human nature. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, and then sometimes reactions or things people do is really surprising, mm-hmm. and, and you're thinking, "Oh, I didn't. It didn't come to me that it would turn out like that. Like yeah. I thought this person would be heroic, and it turns out they're a a coward or, or a, a shithead. Yeah. And this guy from Best Buy, he's really smart, actually, mm-hmm. and yeah. just you know maybe you know, flailing a little bit in his career. And and, and then the apocalypse happened. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's that moment
1: where, um, right, when the truck shows up with like the second wave of survivors and they're all like meeting each other and finding out what's going on. And the truck driver lady, like what she explains that she was just out driving her rig, and she heard on the CB that there was this group at a church. I think, yeah. And so she yeah. just went and picked them up. And yeah. like Michael looks at her and he's like, you know, like well done, like yeah, good really job. Good job. Like like expresses respect for her for like stepping up and doing that. And then you've got Steve, like well, when you two are done blowing each other, maybe can we can do like has no, you know, respect or admiration at all for anything anyone else is doing that is, uh, caring or selfless.
0: Yeah, and you wonder what Steve did. What did you do? Were you in
1: finance or were you like right, yeah. a
0: lawyer? Or like
1: Yeah, yeah, we I could probably know. make a list Who of knows? the potential. He's a day trader.
0: I know. He's a day trader. <laughs> yeah, and Norma is not a young. She's not a spring chicken. She's, no. you know, she's an older lady. She yeah. just looks like she's seen some things and Yeah, and she's just um, but, but she just stepped
1: up like yeah. like Michael and like Anna, you know, when other people need help, mm-hmm. you know, you step up and do it. And so for someone like Anna in her profession, like she's a nurse, it's like, okay, you would expect that from somebody in her profession, but it's like a TV salesman from Best Buy or a big rig driver, you wouldn't necessarily know, are they going to be someone where if somebody needs help, they do it?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Are you a helper or a herder? That's what I ask yeah. my TK kids. Are you a helper Aww. or someone who
1: is a herder? Are you someone that Mr. Rogers is
0: looking for? Yeah, He's Looking exactly. for the helpers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so do you think it was scary? At the time, um when it came out, I was horrified. Yeah. Because I've I've kind of become desensitized in the years since. But this was 19 years ago when this came out. But you, yeah, I, we
1: were spring chickens. We were
0: spring chickens. <laughs> so but I I was always looking for anything zombie at the time. And mm-hmm. it was slim pickings back then. There was not much. There was this is pre Walking Dead, pre just a lot of stuff. So I um, I was thrilled when like twenty eight Days Later came out mm-hmm. and, and it was a fast but it was a different kind of zombie it was not it was a different kind of virus you know let's not get into the minutia but the point <laughs> was it was fast and mm-hmm. it was I'm like oh that's terrifying I would be toast because yeah. I'm a slow person <laughs> I'm slow <laughs> um, but this movie I thought was really fun um, I think that I always loved the zombie genre because there's no escaping it there it was like there's your friends and your family, your children, they can turn against you and you mm-hmm. have to fight them yeah. or you have to survive. And they, it's it's just all always coming for you, mm-hmm. basically, if, if if there's a creature that has a sense of hearing or can see you or whatever. Um, and then there's the how do you survive that? What do you do? How, do you lock yourself in your house? Or are you to try to find... Do you have resourcefulness mm-hmm. what kind of person are you yeah so that's always why I always have been so compelled by those stories like mm-hmm. you know just it I, you never know like you were saying before and I love the cast of this
1: movie oh so yeah. Much. <laughs> so, yeah that really made it
0: yeah and um, since this movie came out uh, some of the cast have gone to do bigger and better things and, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of stuff and so um of course, it would be good, right? And yeah. being Rames is amazing. So, you know, I, I think that there's also um, what is it called? I'm, I'm. It's like escaping me. Where you hate being enclosed in the confined space. Claustrophobia. Yeah. There's something about being dealing with an apocalypse of this kind and and these stories where it's very claustrophobic, mm-hmm. where you can't escape. You're. It's like being pursued, and and this is the space that you're given, and you can't. Um, venture out otherwise you'll be dead yeah right so Mm -hmm. these people they had the whole mall to themselves but it also probably was a little bit claustrophobic as well yeah um but then they built bonds or yeah hated each other or whatever you don't know what people are going to do so uh but then also an aspect of it was what happens when a pregnant woman is bitten yeah (laughs) um which was Horrifying And just so, so sad and, mm-hmm. and, and horribly at the time I was young and I hadn't had children or anything. And, you know, I didn't really fully digest Andre's um, what drives him. Mm-hmm. And then I felt later in life, uh, having kids, you know, moving on in my life, doing all these other things like family related or, or um, you know, it's just you, you, you tend to feel for him more, I yeah. think. I, feel, I think that at the time it felt more sensational. I'm like, oh, that's really cool versus, oh, that's so devastating. That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. So I just feel like I received it in a
1: different way yeah uh, well yeah and as you got older life. you probably had more of an understanding of what Andre's life had probably been like yeah. um and like you know systematic elements that maybe led to him being this person that was either known to be or perceived to be a criminal yeah um yeah. where you know that that doesn't mean you're a bad person sure. per se sure. yeah um and yeah so like the, his experience as you know a parent to be, and her experience as a pregnant, yeah, no, that all of that would totally land differently it to did. somebody who is a parent as opposed to somebody who hasn't yeah. doesn't have a family.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was like twenty when I watched <laughs> this. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Ew, gross. <laughs> and then I'm watching it now and thinking, oh, that's so horrible and just so so sad and you know uh, obviously it's a fiction it's a zombie movie it's good (laughs) everything's sad everything's gonna be horrible but it just you know it just felt a little bit differently yeah and then I love the post-credit found footage situation Mm -hmm. which was pre pre found footage movies Mm -hmm. for sure unless you count actually Blair Witch came out before that but it was really fun and I like how it I I felt it was sad that there that's how their story ended it obviously um and it was upsetting but i did like that it wasn't left up to oh
1: who knows who knows if well, it was a island? little bit because you don't see like they're running back to the boat when the camera gets dropped and you don't see if any of them make it back to the boat or not like you don't oh. actually see the zombies get them yeah i guess that's true so it's sort of ambiguous a little but yeah bit. you you would if you had to guess, if you were a betting woman, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd think they didn't make itself. it. And even if they, that was the thing, like, even if they got back on the boat and sailed away, it's like, okay, well, now you're Where just going you to starve go? to death on the boat. Yeah, like, you're, you're still going like, to die.
0: Prolonging the inevitable right. of, of yeah. certain deaths, mm-hmm. waiting to die, which is worse than death. According, according to, to Kenneth. Kenneth. <laughs> yeah. um, so you said you had some, like, tidbits from the originals. Yeah. Right?
1: So I did a little bit of um, digging through some of the other um, related movies to this in my um, role as sequels, prequels and remakes. Although in this case, you know, it's not this is a remake. Um, So looking a little bit like uh, you said about the originals, but um, they're uh, so George Romero. You know, wrote and directed all three of these. I kind of looked at it as like his original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, So Night of the Living Dead was the first one um, that he made that came out in 1968. It was in black and white. It looked very 60s. um, And it's it, it. We use this word maybe too much, but it is iconic. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah. As far as a zombie movie goes. um, I also noted the Rotten Tomato scores for all these movies. The Uh original, it was rated a 96% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, And it, uh, you know, it. It tells um, the story of basically like a couple of people that end up um, kind of holing up in this abandoned farmhouse mm-hmm. and so like you were saying a little bit about that claustrophobia concept of like we're safe in here but then we're also trapped in here. Yes. And there's um, you get a little bit of this like cast of characters because it starts with a brother-sister pair but then the brother immediately is killed and so the sister it goes to the farmhouse and then this one lone guy shows up and it's the two of them for a while and then all of a sudden some people emerged that had been hiding in the basement and so you get the elements of like people who are getting along where the or people where there's friction between them or they don't agree on what they should do or what should happen um, and so you do see that same element of different people responding to the same situation mm-hmm. differently and like some of them are pieces of shit and some of them are heroic and yeah. good, good leaders and making smart choices but there's um, also the aspect
0: of race, which was a huge thing for yes. George Romero and consumerism. And so many people, I feel, I think it's so interesting when they say, you know, the horror genre is taking up all these, like, making stands on social issues. And yeah. I'm thinking, it's been happening for ages. What are yeah. you talking about? I mean, so this, this heroic man was a person of color, and these white people were being told. What to do and they didn't Mm -hmm. like it. And and you're thinking, well, what do you want to survive? And do you want to collaborate and help each other? Or do you want to be part of the problem?
1: Yeah. Well, and even just that scenario of initially before the people come out of the basement in the original, you've just got you've got a black man and a white woman. Mm -hmm. Together alone in this house where I mean in 1968 that was a pretty big statement for a film to be making like that was something that would be really triggering in parts of this country Mm -hmm. um as you know they would consider that horror even if there weren't zombies because they're racist um but yeah no you're right that that um there was definitely commentary present um in that and then for you know spoiler alert for this movie that you know is like 55 years old, um, that he does, he's the only, the black man is the only survivor, um, Mm -hmm. of, of the people that were originally, um, holing up in this farmhouse. And then he survives until the quote unquote rescue, um, you know, all the sheriffs and police that are like sweeping and like going through and killing all of the zombies that they find Mm -hmm. shoot him. Yeah. And he dies.
0: And he just dies like a dog, just yep. like on the ground. They're like, walk over. and yeah, and it's like, oh, like
1: oh, look, a white sheriff shot a black man. Like, you know, it doesn't even need to be a zombie movie. It doesn't. And and
0: it's one of those movies that always stuck with me and and impacted so many filmmakers since. Yeah. And um, I just, I mean, I love George Romero, but he seems so cheeky in so many ways with mm-hmm. his funny gags and stuff that he does and his yeah. other He did in his other movies.
1: Yeah, but this Um, one was very serious. Oh, definitely. Um, And another element that is dramatically different from every other of George Romero's movies and other zombie movies, the the source of the zombie-ness in the original was a meteor or something it was or? radiation from space they like mm-hmm. there had been a space shuttle that was returning from like Venus and they detected radiation in it so the government blew it up mm-hmm. but they're attributing the radiation the the sickness to the radiation and so in the original you don't have to be bitten anybody yeah. who dies. Yeah, is automatically reanimated as a zombie, no matter yeah. what the circumstances of your death.
0: Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's like,
1: well, that's way more problematic, definitely. <laughs> but the, and also, radiation was something everyone was afraid of. Afraid of at, afraid at of that time, yeah. Cold
0: War stuff, people hiding under their desks, like that's going to make a difference. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I think was, there's was a lot of real life elements that he
1: took and just wove them into this story, which I, I love it so much. It's, it's so good. Yeah. Um, and so then he followed that with the original Dawn of the Dead, um, which came out 10 years later, though, in 1978. So mm-hmm. a really big gap. Yeah. Um, and that time. one, while I don't know if I entirely agree, got a 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't I think it it's fun. that good. <laughs> um, I thought it, I look at it as kind of fun. Yeah, a fun. Uh, um, my fun general movie. notes for it were um, that in contrast to the remake, mm-hmm. Dawn of the the original Dawn of the Dead actually does begin mid crisis, so it's like mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead. It began, mm-hmm. and then Dawn of the Dead begins after like people are already responding mm-hmm. to the outbreak. Yeah. Whereas the remake begins before the outbreak, and you see the initial like, oh my god, what's happening? They're yeah. dead. Wait, they're not dead. What's happening? You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was a little bit of. A difference between the original and the remake, but the zombies, like the the zombies in the original Dawn of the Dead, are terrible. Like the makeup is terrible. It's like they just basically painted them blue. Like they look like Smurfs. It's really, really bad. <laughs> the Smurfs, are <laughs> the Smurfs are gonna get us. Smurfs are gonna get you.
0: Return to the Shire. Is that where they're living? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know it's hobbits, but maybe they live in shires too.
1: Perhaps. Who knows? Who um, knows. Smurfity Smurf Smurf. (laughs) Um, And so then the third one, and that kind of what I look at is his original trilogy, came out in 1985. So it's still another big gap, seven years before the the next one. Day of the Dead. I liked that movie. Um, And that one got an 86% fresh. That's really good. It was Um, a good one. Yeah. And this one, um, the effects are much better because Greg Nicotero and Tom Savini Mm -hmm. are on the makeup crew. Now, it's interesting. On the Wikipedia page for the original Dawn of the Dead, it... um, says that because Tom Savini has a cameo, like a very not a cameo because he wasn't known at the time, but a very very small extra part yeah, in the original Dawn of the mm-hmm. Dead. And on the Wikipedia page, it says the that he was on the makeup crew for mm-hmm. that movie, and, but IMDb does not list that as one of his credits. And so I think that's a mistake on the Wikipedia page. Oh, I, I don't, don't think that he was on the the FX crew for Dawn of the Dead, but he and Greg Nic- Nicotero were both on Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And so the one one thing that I like about this original trilogy, and I mentioned this back when we talked about um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, is when you have a franchise and um, and in this case, even the same director spanning decades Mm -hmm. with the same story, you see like this is such a 60s movie. Oh, my God, this is such a 70s movie. Oh, my God, this is such an 80s movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: And so it's it's so, so interesting in that way. Um, Then later on, so he, what I'd call his modern Romero trilogy, he made Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead in 2005,
0: 2007, and 2009. Watched them
1: all. I watched all of those. Not Um, recently, but when they came out. So so I've never seen any of them. Is there anything worth mentioning about them? There's Land of the Dead... I believe that. um, Oh shoot! I need to
0: rethink of who was. Yeah, some of them have like
1: significant like performers in them. Very very big names.
0: Land of the Dead is more. Wasn't Tony Todd in one of them? I I don't know. I I know for sure that movie had a lot of um, commentary of upper class. Okay. um, And being predatory on people who are on lower class people who are just trying to survive and then people in a tower living in fancy apartments. Meanwhile, the apocalypse has happened and they're zombies mm-hmm. and they're kind of living, but they're you know, fine. Cause they're they're you know, everyone they've, but they've established a, a kind of society that's very, very corrupt. And so I think it was a commentary on how the people in the power in power, you know, take advantage of people who are not, and uh-huh. you know, even in times like this. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was, it was fine. I think, I want to say John Luizamo was not it, but maybe yes. i just lying. Yeah, he was. was I, that he was a, one of the okay. names
1: that when I, cause I was just looking them up. I'm um, like you said, I didn't, I haven't seen any of them, but I know that you say that. I remember his name yeah. is one that I saw.
0: Yeah. And, um, so then there was Diary of the Dead and it was really, it was fun. I mm-hmm. liked it. Nothing groundbreaking, but still fun. You know, if you like zombie movies, an interesting movie to watch and, uh, it, you know, but nothing really, you know mounts up to or you know stands up against some of the other ones that he did mm-hmm. and i know he just kept making movies more and more um uh, even up until he passed away he just was like this is his legacy yeah. basically so
1: um and what was the last one called um hold on i scrolled through my notes um survival of the dead you might not have seen that one because that came out in 2009 and you were having a baby I watched it, definitely.
0: <laughs> I think it was I watched it at home, I rented it or something. And yeah. I thought I think it was fine. Nothing, you know, it yeah. was fine.
1: Nothing impressive. No, no, I don't think yeah. so.
0: But I I really loved Day of the Dead. I thought it had Yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I, yeah. I've seen it probably I want to say five or six times over wow. over 20 years. Okay. So, Cuz I watched it first um in high school. So it's been yeah. 20
1: more than 20 years. So it, Subsequently that I've watched it, but yeah. And so yeah. the um, one last comment that I would make in the linking of um, our primary movie to some of these originals. And you mentioned this um, before we started recording that the actor Ken Forey, who was um, basically like the, one of the main hero guys in the original Dawn of the Dead had a cameo mm-hmm. in the um, the remake where at one point CJ's watching um, TV and it's this televangelist who's basically um, delivering the message that all of this is happening because of people breaking God's laws. Yeah, um, they've run out of room. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's the thing is he delivers the line, which was the tagline for the original movie, which was when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, so that was a little, little cameo of Ken uh, Forey in the Fun little,
0: fun little cameo in Tom Savini and um, Ving Rames was, he, he... pursued the role when he realized they were doing a remake of Dawn of the Dead. he's like, I want, I want in. Yeah. So he was sort of like him being in that role of, you know, Kenneth mm-hmm. Um, was sort of a nod to, for, to uh, Ken Forey and
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, his, him being in that original movie. Yeah. Cause in
1: the original he, Ken Forey's character was also, I don't know if he's a police officer, or if he was like SWAT or something, but he was.
0: Yeah. He was someone who's like a, he, he's someone who's a I'll rescue you, type of person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's one thing I thought was kind of funny, and I, I <sighs> he was so like subdued when this was happening, or just like just taking it like ooh, kind of grunting like ooh like that. Is when Kenneth was getting his sutures done mm-hmm. by Anna, and there was an, actually I thought it's a little trivia, which I thought was kind of funny. He Anna, you know, obviously is an actor or. Um, can't really do suturing. So right. they put in a um, a nurse to do it for the close-ups. Mm-hmm. And then she misunderstood the director's um, directions. And she went in deeper on the prosthetic, uh, which was on his arm. Which oh, Bing so it went her. through? And it went through and punctured his skin and stitched the prosthesis to his arm. Oh,
1: my God. But he didn't
0: say anything uh, until after. Method actor. <laughs> <laughs> and so him... When he's going, oh, like that, mm-hmm. he's actually genuine being, reaction. He's actually being stitched up on his arm. Oh my god, which I thought was awful. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. man, that's crazy. Wow. So um, I just thought it was funny, and then also the camera crew had to wear a lot of plastic sheeting because of the just amount of fake blood being used. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it's so. pretty gory. Oh, it is insanely yeah. gory,
1: and which is a perfect um, pivot point into yes. parent corner. Parent corner. So. I mean, I would show this to Charlotte. Yeah. I think I would. I mean, we're all desensitized to this Mm -hmm. stuff now. At this
0: point, there's like so much Walking Dead stuff. There's so much, you know, um, yeah. I don't think she would be super freaked out. Yeah. She might even think it's boring. Honestly. Yeah.
1: Well, I I definitely think that anybody, um, even our generation, might find the original boring. But what I was trying to, when I was rewatching it, what I was trying to, I'm always trying to get into my mindset of like, what if I was seeing this when it was brand new, before this was already part of our cultural knowledge? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, there's, uh, one scene in the original after these two, like, they're trying trying an escape, two of the kids, um, end up dying in a truck that explodes when they're fleeing, and then all of the zombies go, and they basically just start feasting on the bodies, mm-hmm. and so, um... It's like you know you actually see like the actors like shoving intestines in their mouths and like things like that. Where well, it's like for 1968, mm-hmm. like that that was nothing you had ever seen in film. Yes, like that people didn't put stuff like that in movies. Like we're talking mm-hmm. about, we're just coming out of the Cary Grant era. Yeah, like this is this is a whole new ball game. And oh, so yeah. if you if yeah. you it's hard to wrap your mind around how that would have landed with an audience in 1968.
0: Yeah, it was, um, I mean, we've been fed a steady diet of this stuff, so it's, it's, as a society,
1: like our, our, our perception of these things is completely changed
0: Yeah. just because of
1: what, what has been made and what is out there and what we're used to seeing.
0: Sure. Yeah. And I think that, um, at the time, yeah, you would probably be horrified and disgusted mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe you have to leave because you're nauseous. Yeah. Or, you know, people like when people first saw The Exorcist and mm-hmm. they had to leave because they, they were they vomit like, so, bags. Fr- so freaked out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't I, I think we're past the point where we could see anything original like that. Yeah. As, well, and I think as that that's a
1: viewer. Why the originality we're seeing now is in the stories. Yes, you know because be. it's, there are still directors that are trying to still level up with how much they can shock you, and that's where we, why we're getting the torture porn movies still. Yeah, um, but I, I think like that those. a lot of the directors and filmmakers have recognized that the the next the the next frontier of uh, shocking people in horror is with these stories, captivating these, storytelling, yeah, original. Frightening, and that's where that bringing in social commentary element become because they're like I've said it before like there are things in our world that we should be frightened of, Mm -hmm. real things, and if you weave that into a supernatural horror movie, it gives it so much more weight and legitimacy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so we're seeing a lot of amazing. Yeah. Movies coming
1: out. Yeah. Stories that are just so creative and inventive. Because for, so, for decades, it was stories that had all been done before. Yeah. Very rarely did you get something new.
0: So it's now um, elevated horror. Yeah. The elevated horror genre. Mm-hmm. Because when you've been raised on a steady diet of <laughs> all that we have, uh-huh. things uh-huh. you know, I'm always five steps ahead mm-hmm. when I'm watching a, a movie. And yeah. I want to be surprised mm-hmm. sometimes. So... Well, I hope that if if you haven't watched this movie and you are a Walking Dead fan and you're mm-hmm. just like, you know what, I've just never watched John of the Dead. Yeah. The remake. Or I love or Ty Burrell. There. Modern Family's Talking my home. favorite show. Well, if you want to see him be a horrible person, go yeah. Go watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> or he's funny. He's really sarcastic in this movie. It's kinda it's kinda fun. Yeah. Um, check it out. You might like it. But we are next
1: time. We're going to talk about... Oh, oh heavy hitter. It's a heavy hitter. It's the original. Yeah, Stephen King's It, the miniseries from 1990.
0: Mm-hmm. And then we'll also be discussing um, the, it, remake. the remake as well. Chapter so, one and two. Yeah. I mean, it's the movie that started it all for me. Yeah, for a lot mm-hmm. of people
1: our age, this was the gateway. It this was my was... gateway
0: drug into Absolutely. all things macabre and
1: creepy and weird. I'm like, yeah. Ooh, let me get more of that. <laughs> yeah, so this is one of those where I feel like if you listen to this podcast, I mean, chances are you've seen this, but yeah. it also oh, I never get tired of watching I, well, the you know, remakes maybe or the original. Have not really seen the miniseries. I mean That's true. If they you know, yeah. or just if they had seen the um the remakes and liked them, like if you want to see a very an equally wonderful but fairly different take, mm-hmm. go back and watch the mini series. And it has Tim Curry. As, it has Tim as Curry. Pennywise. So. It's got a it's a great cast. Oh yeah. Um the, yeah, Seth Green, Jonathan Brandis, like t- John Ritter. It's got a, a ton of great. Olivia Hussey from Black Christmas. <laughs> yeah. it's a ton of good people. It's very, very good. Yeah. So
0: watch it and we'll talk about it. That's right. All right.
1: Bye. Bye.